0: This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Assalamu <laughs> salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ar-Rahman al-Rahimim malik yawmiddin. Allahumma laka alhamdu wa ilayka al-Mushtaka wa bika thiqqatu wa alayka tuklan wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al al-Azim. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa li amri. واحل العقدة من لساني يحقه قولي اللهم لا سهر ما جعلته سهلا وان تجعل الحزن اذا شئت سهلا اللهم وسلم على سيدنا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه ومن اهتدى بهديه واستنى بسنته ودعى الى تعالى, continuation of our uh, weekly Tafsir class I apologize for last week uh, We were supposed to have a lesson but um, Something came up uh, Last time we left off We are still going through The beginnings of Surah Al-Baqarah And uh, we were going through the story Of Banu Israel The story of Banu Israel And we mentioned why Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala is telling us about Banu Israel And that The beginning of the surah As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala surah, He taught us Or told us About who we are As human beings And how we are either Muslims Or kafirs Or munafiqs Those who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Those who claim to believe in Allah But lie about it And those who disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And Allah then mentioned Where each one of them would end up What their characteristics are Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about in the beginning of the surah Those that are successful and those that aren't And Allah gave many examples of that Starting with the best example that Allah gave us in the beginning Which was Prophet Adam himself, the first human being And uh, his story And you learned um, some of the mistakes that the Prophet Adam made But also how he repented You learned about our enemy, the shaitan Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about the whole nation that failed And that was the nation of Banu Israel the nation of Banu Israel. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala started by telling us All the good things that happened to them All the blessings and the good things that were going for them Allah mentions that he, that he Preferred them over the other, uh, other people How Allah gave them so many prophets How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved them from Fir'aun How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them the book Torah How Allah blessed them in so many different ways Forgave them on so many different instances And they kept on sinning and going back Why is Allah telling us this? A number of reasons Number one they failed, they were given a prophet and a book, they failed to follow the prophet and act upon the book, don't do the same. What, what is the other reason Allah Taala is telling us about them? Because while this Surah Al-Baqarah is being revealed, while Surah Al-Baqarah is being revealed, the Prophet ﷺ is, is coming into contact for the first time with other Yahud, the people of the book. In Mecca, the Prophet wasn't in contact with the people of the book. He was dealing with polytheists, the the Quraysh, the Meccanists, that were uh, uh, idol worshippers. The Prophet, when he made the migration to Medina, he comes into contact with the people of the book, the Yehud. And they claim to follow a book. They claim to have Prophet and this beautiful legacy. But if that is true... If you truly follow Musa, السلام, if you truly follow the Torah, then you have no choice, no choice but to follow Prophet Muhammad وسلم, as well. Why? Because Prophet Muhammad وسلم, was mentioned in their books and they were expecting a final Prophet, but when they realised that he was a Qurayshi man, a Arab, they couldn't follow him and they decided that they were going to reject him. So this is the story that's happening and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us more about them. Now Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala in verse uh, 83 which is where we're going to start today Allah says وَإِذَ أَخَذْنَا إِسْرَائِيلَ تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا اللَّهَ Allah إِحْسَانًا Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is telling us uh, a covenant a promise that the Banu Israel made When Allah says When we took from them the covenant The mithaq This word we came across a few times already A mithaq is a promise A oath A promise that is made with an oath So this is something that you cannot go back on And whenever a mithaq is mentioned With regards to Bani Israel It means the following things It could mean a, the, the promise The oath The covenant that we all took as human beings with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Before we even created Now before we even created Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when He created Adam All of the descendants of Adam All of the dhurriya of Adam Including ourselves Were brought forth And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Asked us Am I not your Lord? And everyone said Oh Allah you are So everything that we do In worship And in following the prophets Is it is A keeping That promise that you made to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala One might ask Well we don't even remember that promise But you actually do Because that promise in essence Is the fitrah that you have Your natural inclination to believe To worship To uh, to, This is in everyone This fitrah is in everyone And sometimes this fitrah is corrupted Which is why Allah sends prophets to remind the people Or The mithaq This promise could literally mean The promise That that Abil Israel made to Prophet Musa and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To adhere to the book To adhere to the book, the Torah And to follow the prophets Not just Prophet Musa But all the other prophets as well And even Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Mentions some details of the covenant What is it that they were asked to do? What is it that they didn't do But were asked to do? Allah says وَيَدْ أَخِذْنَا wa أَيْ وَذْكُرْ And remember I mentioned when We took the covenant from Bani Israel what was it? Number one, لا تعبدون إلا الله that you will not worship anyone except Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. What was the first commandment? لا تعبدون إلا الله, that you will not worship anyone except Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Did they break this? Yes, they did. When, when instead of worshiping Allah, they created a calf or a cow and they worshipped it. Right? That was the first one they broke. When instead of worshiping Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, they worshipped the golden cow. So that was one of the promises. Is this specific to them or is it to all of the prophets? The message is Allah ta'abudinu Allāh. This is a universal message. What is our first commandment? Literally, when you read Surah Al-Baqarah, and I mentioned this in previous when you open the Qur'an, a, a person that wants to open the Qur'an for the first time, someone that is reading the Qur'an, where do you start? You start from Fatiha, you start from this side. When we're learning the Quran, we start from the bottom, right? Pula ibn Nas, Pula ibn Falak, but that's just for our memorization. These surahs surah are, are short. But the Quran actually goes this way. So, what's the first surah in the Quran? Suratul Fatiha. And then, what surah follows that? Suratul Baqarah. That's the second surah. So, when someone opens the Quran and they start reading Surah Al Fatiha, and then they start reading Surah Al Fatiha, there's no command in it. There's nothing Allah asks to do in Surah Fatiha. Allah tells us a lot, but there's no command. There is no do this Then you go to Surah Al-Baqarah In the beginning There is no command Literally the first command The first Amr you come across is ya rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum qablikum. Verse 21 O mankind Worship your Lord alone So if someone were to ask What is the first commandment You'll come across in the Quran What is it? It is Tawheed It is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us That the Mithaq The Covenant that promise that they were supposed to uphold Number one was illallah, That you will not worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala My brothers and sisters the, All of our deen and everything that we do It comes back to this one thing Direct your worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And that doesn't mean just your salah It means literally everything that you do Your fear, your love, your hope, your devotion Directed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Rely only on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Fear Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala When you need something Raise your hand and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala When you are sick Seek help from Allah Connect yourself to your creator La That you will not worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala What was the second thing? إِحْسَانًا And be especially good and kind to your parents These are the covenants of Banu Israel Does it Do they sound similar? Of course you do, because these are the same thing Allah wants us to do. In fact, in Surah An-Nisa, you will find a this ayah that is very similar to this one, where it lists the things that we are supposed to do, our covenant. And that shows you the similarities between the religions, between the people of Prophet Musa and the people of Prophet Muhammad In fact, what we will cover in this verse is known as usul, is known as usul islam or usool Din. These are the foundations of our deen, not, and the, the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, the fact that you have to worship Allah alone Was present in the time of Noor. It was his da'wah اللَّهَ It was the da'wah of Yunus and Yusuf and Yaqub And all of the prophets So that's a universal message إِحْسَانًا And be especially kind to your parents A universal message Not just for us it was also for the Banu Israel, the people that came before them. And it's beautiful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always connects the parents with Himself, Jalla جل who's showing you that from Allah's creation, the ones who have the most right upon you are your parents. Not your children, not your spouse, not your friends, not your neighbours, not your family members, your mother and father. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wadil Qurba and your relatives qurba literally comes from the word qurb those who are close to you so be kind to those who are close to you your relatives and that will include you cousins and, and upwards right and uh, the scholars say that, that your qaraba your relatives the one who have right over you are the ones who go you go upwards for generations so uh, your father's children are your brothers and sisters your uh, grandfathers Children are your uncles and your and then their cousins Right? And then you go one more And that is your distant family Right? Your, so your cousins, even your second cousins Have rights over you So you need to be uh, connected And aware of what's happening Even to somewhat distant relatives If you will, they, that, they aren't really that distance But you should try your best to keep Ties, it's an act of worship If you have a cousin that lives in the same city And you don't uh, visit them You don't uh, call them, you don't see how they're doing Then you're lacking in your worship You're lacking in your ibadah um, This is among the Usul, وَذِي qurbah And if you want to know a general good principle is The closer they are to you, the more rights they have So your brothers of course have, has more right than your cousin Your cousin has more right than your second cousin And it goes like that So we spoke about Allah's rights The parents We spoke about the, Allah mentions the qaraba, the, the relatives and the orphans. The orphans. Who's an orphan? An orphan, when it, from an Islamic perspective, is the one who lost his father. The one who lost his father. Is the one who lost his father. Not the mother. Why? Because um, most of the time, the one who loses his father, they lose the one who's going to provide for them, take care of them, etc. Right? Um, they say from the human beings, the one who loses their father is considered a yatim, and, the, and, and from, the, from the animals, the one who loses her mother is considered a because the, the animals they're a lot more closely connected to their mothers, right? But the, it's opposite. but when it comes to connection and love and taking care, it's your mother, La. But when it comes to provision and protection, that's the father's role. And if the father is gone, society has to, Fill that. Which is why we all have a collective responsibility to take care of the orphans. To ensure they are well taken care of. اليتامة masakin and the needy al-masakeen and the needy Now, look at what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the Israel. This was the covenant. This was the covenant. This is what they were supposed to do. Worship Allah alone. Be especially good to your parents, the relatives. Take care of the orphans and the needy. Here you learn the basics of Islam, ikhwani fillah It is the rights of Allah and the right of Allah's slaves. Haq wa haq As a Muslim, this is what your life revolves around. Give Allah what's owed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to Allah's creation and Allah's slaves what they're owed. Right? It's a responsibility upon you. Now, who is a miskin? Who, now who, who is the miskin? When we say take care of the masaki in the needy, who fits that category? It's quite interesting because sometimes you see the word fakir. Have you guys heard of the word fakir before? You have a fakir and a miskin. What's the difference? Right? And there is a difference. Scholars and if in fact when we are talking about the people that are deserving of the zakat, when we collect the zakat, the people that are deserving of it, they are called uh, eight categories There are eight categories Eight types of people That are given the zakat that is collected It's Allah says Inna Indeed the sadaqah The charity is collected Is for who? Lilfuqara the poor wal masakeen and the needy So fuqara and masakeen Poor and needy So they are mentioned So there must be a difference Scholars they say The maskeen is the one that Has something but it's not enough And the faqir is the one that has nothing so the maskeen, it has something, but it's not enough. So they require support. The faqir has nothing. And what is the evidence for this? If you go to Surah Al-Kahf, and the story of Musa and Khadir, a very beautiful story, Musa and Khadir, the men that were on the boat. So Musa and Khadir, they go and travel on a boat together, or a ship. And then uh, the uh, Khadir starts breaking the ship. right? And then these men that own this, this boat or this ship, they were called masakeen. لِمَسَاكِينَ So they own, a, they, they, own a, uh, they own something, they're not completely in poverty, but they, they were considered مساكين and Allah knows best. muhim when مساكين is mentioned by itself, the فَقِير is also included. When they are mentioned together, then there is the separation. And there are many things like that. It's like Iman and Islam. Iman and Islam, when they are mentioned together, they mean different things. This is why the Hadith of Jibril it mentions Islam And it explains it in a certain way Then it mentions Iman And it explains it in another way right? Iman is the faith that we have And Islam is the actions that we do But when it, they are mentioned separately It includes So when we say You have to be a good Muslim It includes your belief And it also includes the actions If I tell you you have to be a good mu'min It includes your belief But it also includes the actions So there are certain statements That when they are together If I say take care of the masakin, It includes the faqir Right? طيب So now we have a, a those that we are supposed to take care of Parents, relatives, orphans And the poor and the needy Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Now that you know the actions you're supposed to do Also وَقُولُوا لِنَّاسِ husna And say to the people a good speech Don't only take care of the what you do Don't ensure that what you do is good But also what you say is good and Allah did not say, lil mu'minina husna. Say good to the believers. What did Allah say? وَقُولُ nas To the people. It doesn't matter what faith they are. What background they are. They are Muslim or non-Muslim. Always speak well. Speak good. Say what is better. Right? وَقُولُ لِلْنَّاسِ husna. And when the mufassirun, and the, the, uh, some of the salaf like Hassan al Basri was asked, what does this ayah mean? Say good. And he said it means... Hassan (inaudible) al-Basri mentioned it means command the good and forbid the evil command the good and forbid the evil do you want to be among those that say good and say good speech be courageous enough be God conscious enough that when you see evil you speak against it and when you want and command the good as well Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, this great companion, who is also known as Turjaman al-Quran, the, the one that explained the Quran, the cousin of the Prophet sallallahu wasallam, Ibn Abbas, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, radiallahu anhu, he said, that it is number one, say good speech, say la ilaha illallah. Allah Akbar, say la ilaha illallah. So, it's all of the above. Say la ilaha illallah, call towards good, forbid evil, speak nice words, use the best of words. This is what the covenant of Banu Israel was. And then they were also told وَأَقِيمُ salah And establish the prayer How do you establish the prayer? You establish the prayer you know, Take note it is, Allah doesn't say pray you won't, you Rarely will you find the Quran salu Pray It's always establish the prayer aqimus salah. How do you establish the prayer? By praying it the best way you can The best way you possibly can right? So Do your wudu the best way right? Have khushu in your salah um, it means that attend the masjid. It means that when you're praying, uh, try to uh, follow the sunnah of the Prophet. ﷺ. Don't do it quick. Uh, bring, do all of the sunnah, all of the hayat. This is what it means to establish the prayer. Wa'atu zakat and give the zakat. Wa'atu zakat and give the zakat. Earlier, take care of the needy generally. Wa'atu zakat, give charity. This was the obligations, of course. So, these were the things Allah asked Banu Israel to do. And each one of them, you recognize, right? These are the things that Allah asks us to do. So what happened to them? Did they do it? Again one more time, When Wa took a khadna Misa Bani Israel, and you took the covenant from Banu Israel. La Tabadun illallah that they would not worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa bilwain Isaan and they are especially kind and good towards their parents, where the Qurba and their relatives, while Yatamah, the orphans, while Mesaqin the Nidi, and Waqulus the people husan the best of speech, Wa Akim Musalah and establish the prayer, wa'adu zakah and uh, give the charity. After all of this, Then you turned away. So what did the Banu Israel do? Instead of acting upon this, day, turned away. All of them? Literally all of them? No. Of course not. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just إِلَّا قَلِيلًا مِنْكُمْ Except for a few among you. So the majority of the Banu Israel turned away, they didn't act upon it. But were there some good ones? Yes, they were. It was last week, or our last lesson that the brother here said, Ustaz, uh, were all the Banu Israel bad? And sometimes you might assume that, because you hear all of this negative stuff, but here Allah is saying, no, a small group among you, they did it, but most of you didn't. minkum, Except for a small group among you, وَأَنْتُمُ While you were going away and, and turning the cheek. And this means Allah mentioned this twice, so you turned away not intending to even look back. So someone might turn away thinking, you know, I will repent maybe later. This was not the case of Israel. They didn't want to have anything to do with this covenant, whether it was worshipping Allah, being kind to your parents, none of that. Again, why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaching us this? Why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us this? This is a few reasons. Last time when we hear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was telling the believers in Medina don't uh, bank too much on the Banu Israel believing. They are not those kind of people. A lot of the Medina, uh, the the Sahaba, they were eager. Our brothers from the Ahlul Kitab, they're going to believe, let's call them to Islam. But they were extremely proud people, extremely arrogant people that weren't going to listen, that weren't going to follow the Prophet Muhammad although they know it was the truth. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that that they shouldn't expect much from them. Don't expect much from them. We, we can literally count how many of them became Muslim. Here Allah subhanahu Taala is telling us, one of the reasons why you can't expect much from them is that they were always like this. When Allah took the covenant from them to do all of these things, they turned away, except for a few. Here Allah mentioned another example in the following verse. Wa'id Now, it's almost directly being spoken to them. And remember, O Banu Israel. Now I want you to imagine the scene. This is now in Medina. There are the Yehud in Medina. They are proud, they are boasting, saying, We're not going to follow Muhammad. You're not our prophet. Some of them saying, You are only a prophet to the Arabs. Others saying, You're not a prophet at all. Right? Allah is saying to them, And remember, when you took the covenant and you made the promise, La tasfikuna dima'akum, that you would not kill each other. So, this is another thing that they had to do. They were told, Don't kill each other. The same way as Muslims were told, told, You can't kill each other. They were also told, You can't kill each other. Nor can you expel each other from your homes. So don't harm each other, don't kill each other, don't expel each other or exile each other. Do you remember that? And then after that you agreed while you were witnesses? Allah then says, Okay, so this is another covenant, another worship that you were supposed to do. Leave each other alone. Don't kill each other. So what did they do instead? In verse 85 Allah says And then after that here you are O Ben Israel, تَقْتُلُونَ أَنْفُسَكُمْ You are murdering each other And you are exiling a group among you from their homes تَظَاهَرُونَ عَلَيْهِمْ بِالْإِثْمُ وَالْعُدْوَانِ You are helping others against them in sin and in transgression now let me give the backstory to this verse because there is a Nuzul for this. In Medina there were three tribes of the Yehud that lived there. In Medina you had the Arabs that lived there and then you had the Yehud that lived there, the Banu Israel. The Yehud were of three main tribes. There were other tribes as well, but they were very small. These those were the Banu Kainuqa, Banu Nadir, and Banu Qurayza. These three. And you had two main Arab tribes, Aus and Khazraj. Now Aus and Khazraj will become believers and they will be known as the Ansar. They will become believers. There was a long feud and fight between Aus and Khazraj. They were fighting each other for years. Years to the point where children would grow up in this war and die and then that's all they knew. So what did the that lived in Medina do? They each sided with one of these Arab tribes. So you had the Banu Quraidah, they sided with Khazraj. And you had the Banu Qaynuqa, they sided with Aws. So whenever the Arabs fight each other, the Yahud will also be fighting each other and they were backing uh, the, 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 a particular tribe. And this would happen. So they were told in their book, what is their book? The Torah. They were told, you can't kill each other. But they just did it anyway, Right? So they they did that They were also told You can't exile one another Steal from each other All of these things But they didn't care They did that anyway So whenever a war would happen Between the Arab tribes The Yehud would also be On two two opposing sides And they would fight each other And when they are fighting each other They would steal from one another They would uh, take each other's homes They would exile each other And and do all sorts of transgressions Then The custom was that Some people would be captured Right, So when Aus attacks Khazraj Some of the Khazraj men are, are captured Some of the Jews here are also captured Right, So now you have captives The Yehud that were fighting against them They would then pay for the ransom of the enemies Of the Yehud Do you know why would they pay the ransom? Because they would say well, it's, We have a rule in our kitab No matter what happens in the end of the day Yes we were fighting against each other But we always have to pay the ransom So they would ransom their enemies of, among the Yehud Right? They would say, well it's a rule, it's a Torah, You have to follow it So do you guys get it? Let, let me repeat it one more time So you have two warring factions And two tribes of the Yehud, the Ben Israel, are in these two factions When a fight happens, many people get killed, homes are taken, and people are captured Whenever the Yehud are captured The enemies that were fighting them from the Yehud will say Yeah, I know we were fighting earlier but now you're a captain, I'm going to pay your ransom because you're my Banu Israel brother, right? So Allah is saying, and then when the Arabs, Arabs, would, the Arabs themselves would be surprised, but you were just helping us kill them, why are you paying their ransom? And they said, yeah, 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 it's in the Torah. It's in the Torah. And Allah is asking them, but isn't it also in the Torah that you shouldn't kill each other to begin with? Isn't also in the Torah that you shouldn't help others to harm? Isn't in the Torah that you shouldn't exile people from their homes? So why are you doing whatever you want now, but when it comes to that one rule, pay the ransoms, you do it. So this is what this verse is talking about. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا ميثاغكم, And remember when you, we took the covenant from you, لَا تَسْفِكُونَ الدِّمَاعَكُمْ That you would not kill each other. وَلَا تُخْرِجُونَ أَنفُسَكُمْ مِنْ دِيَارِكُمْ And you would not exile one another from your homes. And ثُمَّ أقررتم, And you agreed. Wa witnesses, but then what happens to Haula? And then here you are, you people in Medina during the time of Prophet, ﷺ, you are killing each other, siding with the Arab tribes. And you are exiling a group among you from their homes. You are helping others against them, bil itni with sin and Udwan transgression. Everything you were told not to do, you're doing it. When and when captives come to you to faduhum, then you ransom them? And then Allah says, knowing it's haram upon you to exile them to begin with. And then Allah asks a question. Are you seriously just gonna believe in a portion of the Torah? And deny the rest? So there were four main things that they were told to do. They were told don't kill. They were told, Don't exile each other. They were told, Don't help others in transgression. And they were told, That if someone is ransomed, Then uh, if someone is ca- captured, Then ransom them, and, and ensure that they are free. So three of them you don't do, And you just do the, this one. Are you going to believe in one portion of the Quran, Or the Torah, And leave another? wa bi ba'd. فَمَا مَنْ يَفْعَلُ ذَلِكَ مِنْكُمْ إِلَّا خِزْيٌ فِي الْحَيَاةِ And the reward for the one who does that is not accept, is فِي is, is A humiliation in this world, a humiliation in the dunya, the dunya, the life in the dunya Do you guys know why this world, the life is called dunya? Why is it called dunya? Dunya, you have dunya and akhir, right? dunya comes from the scholars say two words either it comes from minad dunu, which is close that which is close that which is near this world is near to us and then the hereafter comes later right or from dana'a dana'a means that which is lowly has not a lot of worth and a lot of scholars say this is what it means it's called dunya because it doesn't have a lot of worth what is the dunya compared to the akhira right what is the dunya compared to the akhirah? so are you doing all of this uh, 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 no, is 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 the reward not for the one who does this Believes in one portion of the kitab And leaves uh, 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 the other To be humiliated in this world What about the next world? الْقِيَامَةِ يُرَدُّونَ إِلَىٰ أَشَدِّ الْعَذَابِ And in the hereafter They will be turned back to The worst adab. The most severe punishment Allah bi And Allah is not unaware عَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ Of what you are doing In fact Allah is very aware Because Allah knows what you are doing Subhanallah The scary bit of this ayah Is two things One Allah mentions That their main sin was what? That they would take one portion of the, of the kitab And leave another How often do we see this today? People that are like Yeah we'll take this bit of the Quran But we will disagree with this bit you find people saying You know what? We don't have to uh, do these laws This law is outdated We don't need to do it We'll just have the good akhlaq Right? Good manners That's the main thing or they will say uh, laws related to marriage, we don't need them. Laws related to the divorce, the penal code, everything mentioned in the Qur'an. One ayah if you deny. One ayah if you deny, you're not a Muslim by the way. If you deny one ayah in the Qur'an, you're not a Muslim. If you disagree with one ayah in the Qur'an, you're not a Muslim. Because a believer is the one that believes in the whole book. Now what is Allah telling us if you take some portion of the Qur'an and leave, the, and, and leave another? And, and think about this. Let's say someone prays But chooses to not pay zakat Or they pay zakat But they don't pray Or they fast But they don't pray Or they do the ibadat But they have the worst akhlaq We have to be very careful We have to be very careful In in all of our actions May Allah make us among those That take the whole Qur'an Not just a portion of it Ameen What does Allah promise them? Allah says uh, The the Banu Israel that were doing this Allah says that their punishment is ashadil adab, the most severe adab. There's only one other group in the Quran that will promise al adab. Do you guys know who those are? Ala in ala Fir'aun al adab, the people of Fir'aun. They have the most severe punishment, and here Allah subhanahu wa taala mentions ashadil adab for who? For um, the people that believe in one portion of the book, and then. Uh, uh, leave the rest of the of the book. Of course the book here was referring to the Torah, but if you're treating the Torah like that, you're probably gonna treat the Quran like that as well. And Allah gives these people another description and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, hayat bil akhirah those are Al dunya. Those who bought this world bil tar-akhirah. In other words, they sold their akhirah in favour of this lowly world. So what is their punishment? فَلَا يُخَفَّفَ al الْعَذَابَ. Allah subhanahu wa taala will not ease or, or, or the the from them. ولاهم will they be helped. Then Allah subhanahu wa taala mentions, yeah one more ayah inshaAllah Allah. subhanahu wa taala mentions, uh, وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا مُوسَى الْكِتَابَ min مِن بَعْدِهِ Rusul. And indeed Allah says, we gave Musa the book, al kitab. By the way, a general rule. If Al-Kitab is mentioned, Al-Kitab, usually in the Qur'an, it's referring to the Torah. Sometimes it's referring to the Qur'an, sometimes to other books, but uh, most of the time when you have Al-Kitab, it's referring to the Torah. Uh, وَلَقَدْ and will, and Indeed, we have given Musa Al-Kitabah al-Tawrat. وَقَفَّيْنَا min Rusul And we followed with him after many messengers. So, after Prophet Musa, there were many messengers, one after the other for Israel. Here Allah is telling us the kind of life that Israel lived, right? Prophet Musa died, immediately there was Prophet Yusha. And then he died, and then there were other prophets as well. So you had Dawood and Sulaiman and Zakariya, and Yahya, and Isa, and many, many others, right? So prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet, وَقَفَّيْنَا مِنْ Rusul, Then, who was the final prophet? Isa. وَآتَيْنَا عِيْسَى بِنَ مَرْيَمَ الْبَيِّنَةِ And we gave Isa the bayinat, the clear signs. وَآيَذْنَاهُ And we supported Isa بِرُوحِ الْقُدُسِ With the Holy uh, uh, Spirit, which is who? Angel Jibreel. So Prophet Isa was specifically supported with Angel Jibreel. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks a question. أَفَكُلَّ مَا جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ Every time a prophet comes to you, every time a messenger comes to you, from Musa to Yusha to Dawood to Sulaiman to Zakaria to Yahya to Isa, every time a messenger comes to you, O oh, Bani Israel, from something you guys don't like. Right? So you're told to do something. Earlier, what did you go? Worship Allah alone, be good to your parents, give the sadaqah. Something that your nafs doesn't like, you become proud, you become arrogant. Indeed, A portion of these messengers You denied You didn't believe in You called liars And some of them you killed So Banu Israel Among their worst sins were That they actually murdered prophets Like who? Like Prophet Yahya And Prophet Zakariya And they tried to kill a prophet But Allah saved them Which one was that? Prophet Isa Whom they tried to kill But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved And this was who they were. Again, وَلَقَدْ آتِنَا مُوسَى الْكِتَابَ And indeed we gave Musa the book. Which book is that? The Torah. وَقَفَّيْنَا مِنْ بَعْدِهِ بِالرُسُلُ And he followed him after with him, bi-rusul With many messengers. Those messengers by the way, they were the ruled by the Torah. So after Prophet Musa, until Prophet Isa, the main book that was used was the Torah. Right? This is very important. So Dawood and Sulaiman, what was the law that they were using? It was the Torah. Uh, um, uh, And and the prophets Like Yusha and those prophets Then you had Isa uh, Allah gave him the Injil What's interesting about the Injil is It was the first book That would change Many of the laws in the Torah And you'll find that In Surah Al-Ma'idah When one of the things That happened was Prophet Isa When he came He changed many Of the laws Made a lot of the things That were haram halal Right And there was a bad reaction to that But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Gave him many signs to show He was a prophet Such as the miraculous things That you will come across In Surah Imran and Surah Al-Ma'idah Such as reviving the dead With the permission of Allah Healing the blind And uh, with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Fashioning from clay A bird And then blowing in it And it would fly uh, With the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So all of these things I'm going to conclude here, inshaAllah ta'ala. So what did they do? Allah says? Every time these messengers would come with something, la tahwa and that your your nafs, yourselves, don't enjoy, don't like, don't want to do, istakbartum, then you would be proud and arrogant and you would deny it. And there is no better example than the fact that they knew that Prophet Muhammad was a prophet, but they didn't like it. So what did they do? Istakbartum. They became proud and arrogant and they completely denied him. Because the description of Prophet Muhammad was in the Torah. And when he came, the first day they saw him in Medina, their scholars, they knew he was the final messenger. But they couldn't take it. They couldn't handle it. They were too proud. And they said, listen, if we accept him as a prophet, he'll be the leader of Medina and we'll just be regular folks. Allah says, فَفَرِيقًا كَنْذَبْتُمْ Your nature, Banu Israel, is that you denied many of these prophets, a group of them, and another group you've killed, like you mentioned Yahya, and they tried to kill Prophet Isa but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved him. we going to conclude here, inshallah, wa ta'ala. this recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.